On this episode of Movie Bites, we take a look at the last film of Disney's gold era, 1942's Bambi. Hello and welcome to Movie Bites, episode 5. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry it's been a while since we have done an episode. Uh, We kind of took a longer break due to the holidays and the new year. So um, thank you for joining us again. We're we're hoping to get back into the monthly routine of doing these once a month. Uh, My name is Clay. Uh, I'm one of the hosts on this show. I'm also joined by my co-hosts, Jeff and Dave. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Yeah, pretty good. Excited to get into some Bambi. Yeah, I... uh, this is one of the movies, it's been probably one of the longest times since I've seen or whatever. So, uh, it, it was interesting. I was kind of excited to sit down and watch it because it really has been a long time for me. And, uh, yeah, so I'm uh, curious to have some discussion. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, this is the uh, the last film of the uh, golden era. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll, be, we'll move along after that. So, I'm excited to uh, see where we all stand with this movie. Um... That being said, I think it's about time we jump right into things. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Jeff, and he's going to give us some uh, basic facts and information uh, about the the casting and the and the budget and everything with this. So, Jeff, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, I'll uh, give some of those, and I'll try not to delve into them like I usually have tried to do in the past. Uh, so, <laughs> first off, this movie was released August 9th, 1942. Pretty much just a U.S. release because of World War II happening. There wasn't much market for a european release uh it was had a bunch of directors like the previous ones similar uh dudes who not all super familiar with um right. it was produced by walt disney uh, he was heavily involved um one of the last ones that he was really really involved in there was a few more mm-hmm. later on but uh this was kind of his like i don't want to say magnum opus because he did many more even better ones later on but for this era as you mentioned the end of the golden age or golden era uh, it was written by lots of guys. There was multiple story updates and rewrites throughout the production. It took a few years, got delayed and pushed behind Dumbo, etc. Uh, the music was by Frank Churchill and Edward Plum. Uh, didn't look up if those were the guys that had done any of the prior movies. Yeah, Frank you? Churchill is the guy who's done almost all of the movies up to this okay. point. And okay. then I guess Ed, they brought this Edward Plum guy in and he has kind of a more, I don't know, like a classical music kind of influence that was, was okay. kind of working alongside him. So makes sense. Yeah. Um, pretty big budget for 1942, $858,000. Uh, and unfortunately only made 267.4 million, uh, over time. Oh man. Um, made almost nothing when it first launched because, uh, obviously the war, uh, but it did begin to recoup that over its subsequent releases, starting with the 1947 one, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. And the runtime of this movie is 70 minutes, putting it uh, significantly longer than Dumbo and and up there with more of the other animated classics of the time. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jeff. Um, For those of you listening going, why do you guys even list directors and writers when you're not even going to say who they are? Um, I don't feel like it works very well right now, but uh, as we get further into this, I think it'll become hopefully a little more interesting. Um, But as of right now, there's just like so many people that get director and writer credit on these just because of how they made the movies back then. It just doesn't make sense. Um, Usually we have like a starring as well, but... 
Um, th- this was so long ago. Any names that are really starring, we wouldn't even recognize at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. As we get more present, those will be a little more interesting, hopefully. So, um, but yeah, some of that we'll, we'll we'll circle back around to as we get we get into this. Um, but Jeff, thanks for running us through those. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and jump into our behind the scenes slash production slash interesting facts. Um, so I'll start with some early production, you know, kind of how this movie got started. Uh, Sidney Franklin, a producer and director at Metro Goldwyn Mayer, purchased the rights to Felix Salton's novel titled Bambi, A Life in the Woods, all the way back in 1933, intending to adapt it into a live action film. Uh, later on decided it was going to be too difficult to make it into a live action film so he sold the film rights to Walt Disney in April of 1937 so Disney basically began working on crafting uh, the adaptation almost immediately he had originally intended it to be the studio's second feature length film while their first would be Snow White obviously however uh, the original novel written for an adult audience was considered too grim and somber for the audience Disney was targeting obviously you know kids and families and stuff and so with the work required to adapt the novel Disney had to put production on hold uh, while working on Pinocchio so all finally in 1938 uh, Disney assigned uh, Pierce Pierce eh, what a name Carl. <laughs> And Carl Falberg to work on the storyboarding, uh, but attention was once again drawn away to uh, work on another movie, Fantasia. So finally, August 17th, 1939, uh, production on Bambi actually finally kind of got rolling, um, but then continued to progress slowly due to changes in the studio personnel, location, and uh, the type of animation that they were doing, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, The writing was completed in July 1940 by the time the budget had gotten up to $858,000. So, um, the animation thing that I was just talking about. Walt Disney attempted to achieve as realistic detail as possible in this film. Um, He had this guy named Rico Lebrun who was like this very famous painter of animals, uh, come and lecture to the animators, um, basically how like bones and like arms and ligaments and the structure of movements of animals and stuff. Because uh, a lot of these animators just, I mean, yeah, they had done some animal stuff in the past, but it was still, they're really struggling with it. And, um, one of the things Disney likes to do is they brought in uh, a couple fawns, um, into the studio. Uh, oh, what? not that, not that kind of funds. Not, not the, not the funds. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so the artist could see firsthand the movement of the animals, um, the sources. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to read the rest of that. Uh, <laughs> but one interesting thing was, for a while, they. I was the more I read about this, basically, the the backgrounds were becoming like too detailed. And they felt like it was taking away from the focus of the movie. And so they were kind of trying to figure out how to go about doing the art style, at least in the backgrounds. And it was at this point um, where one of the painters for Walt Disney named Tyrus Wong, who is an Asian animator for Disney, um, he basically showed, I guess, Walt Disney some of his own personal like paintings and they're like these kind of blurry and like 
I don't know, more atmospheric and not as impressionistic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And basically Walt loved it and was like, this is what we need to do for, um, for Bambi. You know, it, it sets the scene, but it doesn't take away too much, uh, you know, of the focus. And then obviously they still kind of had more detail in the foreground and the backgrounds were a little more, um, you know, different than that. So basically that guy ended up getting a raise and he became one of like the head art directors or whatever on this movie. So that was kind of his big break. Um, the realism that Disney was pushing uh, with these animators caused uh, some delays in production. Animators were unaccustomed to drawing such realism within animals. Um, I mean, even just looking at deer compared to Snow White to this, you can see, you know, some changes. And, you know, they were even trying harder to make it look less cartoony. And so basically expert animators could only manage about eight drawings a day. Uh, this amounted to only half a foot of film a day. Unlike Jeez. the normal rate of production, which is 10 feet a day, um, this equaled less than a second of film versus over 13 seconds. So uh, they really took their time, and I think it shows. Um, Definitely. You guys would agree, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So animation from Bambi has been reused in several other Disney films, especially footage of birds, leaves, and generic woodland. Uh, for example, one scene in The Fox and the Hound reused footage of the animals running from the rain in Bambi's little April, April shower sequence. The most notable reused footage from Bambi, however, is the few seconds of Bambi's mother looking up from eating grass just before she is killed by the hunter. Spoilers. This footage has <laughs> been used in hunting scenes in The Sword of the Stone and The Jungle Book and is also featured in The Rescuers. Uh, during the song Someone's Waiting for You, and in the opening shot of Beauty and the Beast. Bambi and his mother both appear in a Donald Duck short called No Hunting, Drinking from a Stream. Aww. Um, I guess I never really drew, like, drew parallels to it, but after reading that and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I guess I can actually picture you know, that that shot. So totally. Yeah, I kind of want to go. I, I wasn't where, I knew a lot of stuff got reused. I wasn't where that particular scene had, though. So yeah. I kind of want to go watch those other scenes and see how closely they mimic the mm -hmm. Snow White dancing ones. The always the one I think of reused yeah. animation that everywhere. That one's been used so many times. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bambi was re-released in theaters in 1947, 57, 66, 75, 82, and 88. It was released on VHS in 1989, which is the classics version. 1997 masterpiece collection version and digitally remastered and restored from March 1st, 2005, uh, two-disc platinum edition DVD and the VHS. Uh, the two-disc platinum edition DVD went on moratorium on January 31st, 2007. The masterpiece version was the first Disney video to be THX certified. Ooh. Fancy. What about the Blu-ray releases, Clay? Uh, those don't exist. Okay. Yeah. No, I just remember a significant thing about the first Blu-ray releases. It was one of Disney's first uh, second screen releases, which was a oh. thing they tried to push with like iPads where you could be distracted by pop-up facts. Oh, cool. You watched. Why, anyway. I don't want to watch We need to get like those that. for us when we're watching these movies. <laughs> we should have. need pop-up facts. Yeah. A um, couple fun little uh, behind-the-scenes facts here uh, man is in the forest was a code phrase used by disney employees when walt disney was coming down the hallway during <laughs> the production of this 
Um, Are they implying that Walt Disney killed Bambi's mom? It's kind of sounding that way. Savage. Makes sense. In fact, I think uh, Walt Disney's daughter was mad at him for killing <laughs> Bambi's mom. Yeah, I mom. think I've heard that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no matter how skilled the animator, the Disney cartoonist simply could not draw Bambi's father's antlers accurately. This was because of the very complicated perspectives required. To get around this problem, a plaster cast was made of some real antlers, which were then filmed at all angles. Uh, this footage was then rotoscoped into the animation cells. Oh, I never heard that. That's, that's, that's cool, but it's kind of sad that they couldn't pull it off themselves. Yeah, yeah. it... It's got to be I get difficult. It. Yeah, I get it. I totally do. <laughs> like, if that those sucks. guys can't figure it out, I don't know who could. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but it's always interesting to hear what things end up being, you know, rotoscoped and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, Definitely. Um, the titular man uh, was ranked the number 20 vil- villain on the American Film Institute's list of 100 greatest heroes and villains and only character on the list to not appear on screen. Six-year-old Peter Bine auditioned with several other children for the voice roles of Mother Rabbit's children. When uh, when little Peter here said the line in reference to Bambi, did young Prince fall down? A casting director who was watching the audition in another room shouted, Get that kid out of here. He can't act. However, the Disney animators who heard the audition tape loved the sound of his voice. He was called back into the studio, and the character of Thumper was created largely based on his vocal performance. That's crazy, so. man. I, I Thumper is such an iconic part of this film. I couldn't right. imagine yeah. not being the sweet, kind of innocent, little troublemaker kid. Right. But I which guess Thumper, adds to the charm. Right. And Thumper wasn't even in the original book. They completely made him and <laughs> Flower up, I believe. Interesting. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Hopefully that kid didn't like hear himself being screamed at in the other room. <laughs> yeah, right. Hollywood's rough. Who knows? <laughs> seems kind of mean. We have to remember this was like what the late thirties, early forties. Yeah, <laughs> adults yelled at kids all the time. No big deal. That's right. Probably whacked him too. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> Smacked him on the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with a brick. Oh, jeez. Discipline type stuff. Yeah. Different times they lived in. That's right. <laughs> Disney animators spent a year studying and drawing deer and fawns to perfect the look of Bambi and his parents and friends. Deer are notoriously difficult to render in human terms as their eyes are on the either side of their face, their mouth does not lend itself to speech, and they have no real chin. Ultimately, animator Mark Davis resolved these difficulties by infusing the character of Bambi with the traits of a human be- baby. Human being. Oh, well, that makes sense. Never really thought um, of it that way. There is like one shot in the movie. I saw a video about it where like Bambi, you can see both of his eyes at the same time, and he, they're like doing weird things, <laughs> like they don't line up, and he's he's like, it's really quick, and you almost can't. It's like one frame or something, but if you go slow, he like goes weirdly, <laughs> oddly cross-eyed at one point. So that's awesome. interesting. Yeah. Um, here's a couple of fun things about the original story of Bambi. Um, One of the discarded characters from the original novel is Gobo. He is featured in the novel. Gobo was found... Oh, wait. Uh, He's featured in the novel as Feline's twin brother and Bambi's first cousin. His death is a major plot point of the novel. 
Gobo was found by a man while wounded, nursed back to health, and released back into the wild. He concluded that men should not be feared, and later willingly approaches a hunter who simply kills him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I loved that. Dark. Loved that fact. <laughs> yeah. Also, he's Feline's twin brother and Bambi's first cousin. Doesn't that mean Feline is Bambi's first cousin? Technically, yes. They are cousins. That was one oh, fact. Oh, yeah. That's one oh, man, fact I did leave some Lion out. King stuff in here. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, I guess okay, it was something. It's nature. It's nature. Well, yeah. And I guess they per- like Disney purposely you know, left that fact out yeah. of the movie because yeah. they didn't want to have to deal with that. So, um, I mean, they do heavily s- imply that the great king of the forest is sort of like the main the stag. Dude. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you kind of assumed he was impregnated yeah. all everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so you could even go closer than cousins and go like step siblings, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he went buck wild, as they say, because mm-hmm. hey, uh, he was right. a buck. <laughs> uh, oh one key, one key scene of the novel <laughs> missing in the film is Bambi's realization that man is neither all powerful nor immortal. It comes when the prince of the forest shows Bambi the corpse of a man shot by a fellow human. Oh, jeez. It's yeah. cold-blooded man murder in those that, woods. Should have kept that that uh, that <laughs> shine. <laughs> well, and I guess another thing they had originally planned to do was uh, the fire at the end that man causes. Mm-hmm. They were going to actually have show a shot of like the man dead by the fire, oh. kind of as a like I don't know what goes around comes around kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. You can prevent forest fires. Yeah. That's another it's interesting smoking. thing you mentioned <laughs> is that. Uh, B- Bambi was like after this came out was used by the American Forest Association oh, yeah. or whatever they're called uh, for a short while um, as their spokesperson. But then after their contract ran up after a year, they actually created Smokey the Bear uh, oh, after really? after. It. And then in years later, they actually used clips from the movie and like these commercials for starting yeah. forest fires. I remember that. Um, but yes so yeah hmm. i thought it was interesting like i even saw like a concept art of a hunter and it was like you could see his arm with his gun but then he was like covered up with other stuff and he was like dead and like hmm. oh wow so they, they ended up cu- cutting that for obvious reasons but yeah um hmm. anyway director's cut need a director's cut with all the <laughs> gore right <laughs> so that is everything i got as far as facts excellent um, anything else anybody wants to add in that section before we go into history no, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, you you got all the facts, dude. That was cool, every cool, fact cool. ever about Bambi. Yep, pretty much. Um, moving on, we're going to real briefly hit on our history with the movie. Uh, any nostalgia or good times or memories or how, how many times you've seen it? I don't know, whatever. Uh, we'll go Jeff, Dave, and then me, and then we'll keep moving through this. So, Jeff, take it away. All righty. So, my first experience was pretty much in 1989 with the release of the classics edition on VHS. Uh, Just like the other movies we've covered so far, my grandma picked those up because she remembered them, I guess, from her childhood. And uh, she used to babysit me. So I watched uh, watched Bambi and some of those other ones like almost every other day. And I thought it was the most boring, god-awful movie there ever was. I hated it. Um, I liked some of the songs. I thought Thumper was really cool, but... In general, oh, and I like the ice skating part, but in general, I didn't really like the pacing and I didn't understand the more, I don't want to say adult themes, but the more like real life is hard themes um, 
or death and mortality and all that stuff. So right. I, you know, or the romance, like it's just so much of it for a four year old. I just didn't get, um, and so I didn't really like it, but, uh, watched it again when I was older and started to appreciate it, especially the art. And then when the first Blu-ray release happened, whenever that was around, I don't know, 28 or two, that 2008 or 2010, uh, somewhere in that time zone. Um, that's when I really grew an appreciation for the movie and, um, not just its art style, but it's storytelling, it's pacing, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my history with it. Awesome. Cool. More than me. <laughs> this is another one of those films that I started with. Like I, I, I'm really familiar because of the, you know, the book and tape series. And I don't yeah. think I had this one on VHS for a while. I remember, I, I remember, always remember the pacing seeming much quicker than it is because it's so much quicker on the tape. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's like, I know the story, but it's condensed. But when I, when I actually watch the movie, it seems way more drawn out than I remember oh. it being because of that. But yeah, I, I'm not sure when I actually watched the movie for, for, for the first time. I don't really remember it. Maybe it was, it might've been the, DVD release I don't know or maybe I, I'm sure I saw it on TV Dang. at some point but I, I probably didn't really you know watch it sort of repeatedly until like I, the Blu-ray release came out when I had more access to it to watch it more times and yeah it definitely um, you know just is it is um, a movie that is for adults in some ways Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. like you said, <laughs> just more the pacing so than and really than for kids, yeah. yeah, yeah. In some ways, I know, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. I feel like it also, you know, doesn't it's the only one of this era not to have really like strange, problematic messaging. It's just really dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. slice so, of life in many ways, and <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it, it's it, it is yeah. It, it's a great film. Um, not something that i necessarily always get really excited to watch yeah because how dark it is but it is fantastic and that's all i got okay um (laughs) my my history with this i don't remember a ton of it i i know i watched it you know when i was a kid on vhs i'm pretty sure my grandma had it because she pretty much had all of the disney vhs's which the more i think about it jeff you mentioned you know your grandma had them too and stuff it's like i wonder if we were more likely to see those with our grandparents or at our grandparents, because those were the movies they were like, they like grew up with. Right. Mm-hmm. Or at least were, you know, older when they came out, I guess. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how old your grandparents are, but yeah, I don't know, been I like the, 10 when this came out. Right. And so maybe like, so that, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, stupid thought, but, um, so I, I'm sure I watched it a couple times then when I was a kid. Um, just like Jeff, I found it dreadfully boring, and um, that f- that feeling has not changed to this day. Um, and so, yeah, I just never really watched it a whole lot. Uh, I remember seeing scenes from this movie uh, in, like, um, sing-alongs and stuff, which is weird because there's not really any good sing-along songs in this. Um, but I think they would like take clips from like the ice skating or on the ice scene and put it with like Christmas music or mm-hmm. something just to try Little to April showers it. is amazing. You can't tell me <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Well, you go find the uh, sing along VHS that has that song in it. And, uh, <laughs> I have lots of thoughts on that song, but we'll, I'll save that for when we get to it. But 
Um, yeah, so like I said at the beginning of the episode, I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Um, good reason for it. And I, uh, yeah, so I just, it was very fresh perspective going in. Uh, there was a lot of things, you know, I was watching it. And I'm like, I don't really remember where you know where this is going uh some of it i remembered but some of it was kind of like a nice surprise like oh i kind of forgot about this part and like the bird part like i completely had forgotten that (laughs) that existed until i watched it and i was like oh yeah i remember that um so yeah not not a whole lot of view time i wish i could see a counter of how many times i've actually watched this you know as from being alive like compared to other disney (laughs) movies but i'm sure it's in like the very low single digits so um, Mm. kind of the rare instance here like i'm sure i've seen fantasia more times than i've seen bambi really yeah yeah (laughs) i think i've watched fantasia all the way through maybe twice in my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mm, yeah i've probably Uh, seen fantasia the same amount of times i've seen bambi just because of my grandma fair enough fair enough all right. Well, I think that wraps up that. Uh, at this point, we're going to go ahead and start right into our movie talk through. So I'm going to go ahead and hit play on the movie here. All right. So starting off, the opening credits start with the song Love is a Song. Mm, riveting. Mm, that, that classic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Dave, when you watched it, is it did they put the like new Walt Disney intro before that? Do they do that with the Blu-rays? No. With like the castle and it's, stuff? No, they do usually... I can't remember what it was for Bambi, but they usually do the old RKO like radio logo, like the original. Okay. They don't, okay. I watched yeah. the DVD version and it had just the blue castle, just like flash. It wasn't the whole... Um, with the sound effects and everything. Right. Yeah, I think they did that for DVD, but I think they completely cut yeah, that off for the right. because purists. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Good. I was worried about that. But anyways, they kind of have the opening credit roll with you know people's names, and they have the, the opening song playing. Uh, any, any thoughts on the love as a song? Any uh, Anything you guys want to add before we continue on? Um. Our, it's no. a song. Yeah, it's it it's <laughs> like this problem I have with all the old movies of this era is just these exorbitantly long kind of like, um, oh my God, what do you call an overture? Like a medley of all the songs. Right. And stuff. This one's just right. this one song, but like just the long drawn out credit sequences added to how boring I thought it was as a kid because it's like how many minutes before you actually even yeah. start the movie. <laughs> People had different attention spans back then and found different types of music. Yeah, and different expectations more than we that. do. But it's like yeah. all the backgrounds in this scene are just like plain green and like impressionistic watercolors. But, you know? but that multi pane movement, man. Well, not until after those. <laughs> oh, oh, is that so after like that? The first okay. 90 seconds is oh. the credits, and it's just kind of painted water like very 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 simplistic oh okay I thought you were talking about like oh no 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 once the movie starts with the multi multi plane swoop that's where it gets like mind blowingly good (laughs) see yeah I I don't even remember the credits I think I just (laughs) exactly fade out when they go on (laughs) and I feel bad but like man it was it was hard to sit through as a four year old still hard to sit through (laughs) no one likes to watch credits before a movie I'm sorry yeah, I just I think any song in this movie outside of the ones where 
it like specifically has to do with the um like the the seasons and stuff i feel like they just feel i don't know kind of out of place for some reason yeah just somber and um what's interesting is that this is almost the exact same opening like story as the lion king but if you think about that song and that it shows the critters all making their way to him it makes it much more interesting and it's not it doesn't have credits happening at the same time but it's just a better opening for that reason and i i feel like that's what they could have done here and they just didn't know to right or have Um, time to i don't know i also feel like as a kid when you hear a song but you can't see who's singing it it's a lot more difficult to like identify with it that's an interesting observation I, i could see that um like even with dumbo they had that one song um during that really sad baby scene mine. with Dumbo and his, yeah. yeah, Baby Mine. And, and apparently that song is like crazy popular and like mm-hmm. was like really impactful at the time. But I never think of that song. Same. And I don't know. So it's just like songs like that where mm. there's not really a person singing as a kid. I, I don't know. I feel like it's less impactful maybe. But mm. perhaps for adults, it's they can still appreciate the quality. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I could, I, yeah. I think with Baby yeah. Mine, as far different as its time, appeal to adults, culture too. like anyone who's a parent, the thought of like being locked away from your kid must be terrifying. So like that could be super impactful to you, you know, like right, right. I know tons of people who said that their moms sang that to them as, as kids. So, mm. you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I th- literally none of the songs in this movie are sung by anybody who appears on screen. Um, but yeah. some of them, some of them are, are cool, and I like the effects they use. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. This one didn't do it for me. The content of it is all about love, which I guess is fine. But I don't know. I, I just don't feel like this. the The moral of this movie is love. But yeah, if you're setting the table with the opening scene, that's really not what this movie is. This movie is just right. life, which includes <laughs> yeah. love, but includes <laughs> lots life, of other man. stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hardships and the learning and the, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So the first opening scene shows the animals all awakening. Uh, Thumper is waking a bunch of people up uh, because the new prince was born. Wake up! Wake up! Oh, what now? Wake up, Hey, what's going on around here? So everyone rushes over, and it's there that we're introduced to little baby Bambi um, and his mother. Uh, there, It's there that Thumper and Bambi meet for the first time, and uh, their dad kind of looks on from afar. You know, that really stable father figure that we all need. <laughs> Everybody's father. <laughs> Just watch them uh, all be birthed. Father. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's number one, there's number two, there's number three. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they did make a big deal out of it, which made me think that Bambi is different than the. He's like that well, alpha. I guess, yeah, or the. Well, I guess beta. there aren't other deer around there, so I guess yeah. that makes sense more. But then we yeah. meet other deer eventually. Um, right. This is kind of Thumper's opening, you know, big kind of scene where we first meet him, and he's asking lots of questions, and um, you, you kind of realize pretty quickly that Thumper's really awesome and probably. Mm-hmm. 
definitely my favorite character and probably one of the best characters in this movie. Agreed. Yep. Uh, at least the young version. Um, yeah. Super cute, really funny, well animated, and uh, just super fun to look at. They did a really good job animating him with you know, his ears and nose and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of fun little features to that, to that guy. I like it. Yeah. No, the, the character of Thumper is like what carries this movie through. I think, I think without that type of character, this movie would just be unbearable to watch. Like it'd just be so slow and boring and mechanical. Like he kind of adds a bit of chaos and, and like heart to it that right. you just don't get from any of the other stuff. Yeah, I guess I just feel like the supporting characters in this movie are not existent enough. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like we could have used a lot more Thumper, but always, whatever, <laughs> whatever, bro. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna call him? Well, I think I'll call him Bambi. Bambi. Yeah, but I guess I'm do all right. Bambi, my little Bambi. Um, next scene, we we see uh, Bambi and his mom going for a walk. Uh, Bambi's still pretty young at this point, learning to kind of walk and uh, a little fumbly and stuff. So you can tell they they had a good time, kind of animating this animal that's still learning to handle its long, awkward legs. He doesn't walk very good, does he? Thumper. Yes, Mama. What did your father tell you this morning? If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Uh, At this point, Bambi kind of ventures off with Thumper and Thumper's siblings. Uh, This is where we get the the scene uh, where Bambi learns how to say the word bird. like this whole sequence where it's just sort of like a kid going out on their own for the first time or whatever even just understanding the world around him and mm-hmm. seeing things and learning and then like inappropriate or not inappropriate but like wrong association where he thinks like the butterfly is a flower and etc and like all that but, mm-hmm. um, yeah I, th- I just thought it was cute him trying to get over the uh, log <laughs> is pretty yeah. great yeah so it's at that point that the two of them the group of them meet Flower, the um, the skunk, and uh, yeah, they, they, we kind of first get introduced to that character. Flower, me? He can call me a flower if he wants to. 
And then all of a sudden it starts to storm, starts to rain. And so um, it's at this point we get into Little April Showers, the song. And uh, it's, a, it's a whole sequence with uh, music and... Uh, yeah, and visual stuff. I, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about this song and this this whole segment? I I really like uh, it. I know, I, I, yeah, I think it's probably my favorite segment of the whole movie. I think what I really am impressed with about it, just from like an artistic standpoint, is that there's no sound effects outside of the animal noises. Like the rain and the thunder is all just orchestral. Um, right. and I thought that was cool. I thought that was a really cool artistic choice. And it's all in time with the with the visuals as far as like the raindrops and the little I just like clarinet or an oboe. Um I thought that was really yeah. cool. And then like I think it just has a timeless quality that a lot of the other music from this era doesn't really have. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel dated to me. Yeah. Like it, it can't I mean it's it's definitely not something people would necessarily make now, but it kind of just sounds like this cool choir song. You know? Yeah. And uh <laughs> it feels like something that you know last lasted beyond its culture. It doesn't feel like some random '40s song or something. It just kind of feels like this cool choir sequence with uh, you know, as I said, all the orchestra creating the sound effects, and it's just different. It doesn't feel like it gets old. Yeah, no, just kind of. I don't know. I like it. It gives me goosebumps when I hear it. It's I cool. always like the little visual gags with like the mouse trying to mm-hmm. take cover under the pheasant and the duck that didn't yeah. want to go in and all that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Um, I have like a love-hate relationship with this song. Okay. Uh, sometimes I really like it and sometimes it creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Um, the thunderstorm ha- part is creepy. Well, I think the intro is creepy with the like the yeah. female vocals and it's like really reverby and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have like this huge Disney classic uh, collection on my iPod and I would shuffle it and this song would come on and I would like want to skip it because it creeped me out. But then at the same time, I like couldn't help but listen to it, mm-hmm. which was weird. Um, but I don't know. It's just something about the melody line and like how reverby they sound. It sounds like they're like down yeah, in a this. well or something. There's something strange with the mixing. I actually think it's really cool about the reason I like it. It's like right when they go to right when they go to like the little April showers, like that part sounds really strange. Right. <laughs> it's an interesting harmony in the reverb, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, maybe yeah, it's meant I, to be that's more. That's kind of why I like it. But I like weird. I like weird music. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's maybe meant to be more that they're. I don't know what the right word is, but like not present. That's just sort of like this mm-hmm. whimsical sort of voice in the air right. so maybe right. that's why yeah. but yeah it is, I can see because I feel like the volume goes up a little bit too when they say April showers mm. oh maybe I listen to it again yeah. Yeah. maybe I'm imagining it I don't know yeah. I, d- I think I could see this song being used in a like horror movie trailer like present day <laughs> slow it down and make it in a minor key <laughs> slow it down a little bit yeah. I don't think you have to do but anything I, to it. it it's really it, drip, it's really drip, interesting drip, mixing drop for little the April showers <laughs> creepy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, Bambi gets pretty scared in the thunderstorm and then it kind of warms up to a, uh, to a sunset sky yeah yeah or a sunrise maybe that. I think it was a sunrise mm. but what's interesting is it does set the, the time for the movie so we know he's born in the spring and this is his first like week of life or whatever and it's April so right the movie takes us on a journey from there yeah so then uh, the following scene Bambi know, now knows how to talk um, and him and his mother are uh, leaving, and his mom is taking him to the meadow. 
which is a new place, obviously. And, uh, yeah, they get there, and Bambi basically tries to run out into the meadow, and his mother very quickly stops him, um, which kind of at this point is there's a bit of a tonal shift where it Mm -hmm. goes from happy and, I mean, I guess the April showers thing was a little creepy, but uh, at this point... Things go from like blissfully like being childlike to right. All of a sudden, it's like real life. Like, whoa, we have to be careful. And you know, Bambi's kind of it freaks him out a little bit. Um, Yeah. The meadow. Wait, Bambi, wait. You must never rush out on the meadow. There might be danger. Out there, we are unprotected. The meadow is wide and open. And there are no trees or bushes to hide us. So she gives them the all clear, and they they frolic around the uh, the meadow. It's there that Bambi meets uh, the first deer that he's come across. Um, one of them is a, a younger girl deer named Faylene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they uh, they get to they run around and uh, <laughs> kind of like flirt a little, little bit. Playground flirting, yeah. Yeah. Um, then basically a bunch of random deer show up out of nowhere, and I think that kind of blows Bambi's mind. Like, whoa, there's a bunch of <laughs> other deer besides us. Yeah. <clears throat> Eating greens is a special treat. It makes long ears and great big feet. But it sure is awful stuff to eat. I made that last part up myself. And they're all running around or whatever. And then all of a sudden, everybody stops because Bambi's father has arrived. Um, and he pretty much walks right up to Bambi and looks down at him and then kind of keeps walking and doesn't really say anything to him. Um, and uh, I think Bambi, I don't know, did Bambi talk to him? I think he says, like, why did everybody go still or something? Why was everyone still when he came on the meadow? Everyone respects him. For of all the deer in the forest, not one has lived half so long. He's very brave and very wise. That's why he's known as the Great Prince of the Forest. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting... His his dad's character is kind of interesting because he's obviously the oldest, you know, buck. Mm-hmm. Um, the and alpha. So and, yeah. He, he's lived the longest. He's the wisest. And so he's got this, you know, giant um, antlers. He's got a great rack. Yeah. Great rack, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. He's an interesting character. Yep. He's been around the block. He knows his way around a reindeer. That's right. But then very shortly after this scene, or after that whole thing happens, um, the dad looks up in the air and notices that there's all these birds, you know, flying away. They've been spooked. And so he gets, like, spooked. And uh, and he leaves, which and he yeah he like bolts out of there, and then everybody else takes off, which is actually kind of an interesting point because uh, I am a hunter, and my father taught me to hunt, and he he's told me many times the older the buck, the smarter the buck, and um, usually you know younger deer are stupid and naive, but mm-hmm. the ones that are old and have really big racks are much more uh, smart and paranoid and. Mm-hmm a lot harder to kill because th- they've lived it, you know? And so, yep. um, I don't know. I think this whole scene just played it really well. And it, it just, with the music and everything, it got really intense, really quick. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden you see him like bolting down the mountain and you're like, Oh my gosh. 
And so um, everybody everybody takes off. Bambi's trying to find mom. It's it's chaos. Uh, thankfully, Dad kind of redeems himself and and runs to Bambi and is like, "Follow me." Uh, and the three of them run off, and you hear a gunshot. And at this point, I was like, "Oh man, this is it. She's dead." And yeah. then I realized, oh, they, it's actually not now. It's later. So they kind of, kind of fake you out there if, if mm-hmm. you have seen it before, I guess. But totally. Um, so yeah, that is that is our introduction to the horrific man, as mm. as, as he is called. Yep. Never to be seen, only to be feared. Yeah. What's interesting in that scene is like the shift in like colors and stuff when yeah. they're in panic mode. And it's just very artistic. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, like all the tonal stuff like you were talking about, like it's just, it's very impactful and very scary and stressful. So I thought that was really cool that they did that and that, you know, this movie took a lot of artistic risk more so than especially the the previous ones, Fantasia maybe being an exception there. Um, But as far as like the structured story ones, the Pinocchios and the uh, Snow White and Dumbo, like this one had better artistic storytelling i guess like you could say like oh yeah they took an artistic risk with pink elephants on parade and dumbo but like eh, it's one sequence and it's implying alcohol or whatever but this movie does that same lighting thing several times across the movie and to really great effect um yeah the pink elephant thing was really more just like silly for a gag it didn't really like i don't know to me it didn't really mean anything from like an artistic standpoint like the stuff you see in bambi does where it's like Everything about that scene is from the deer's perspective. The way they don't really show, mm-hmm. you know, the hunter or anything. It's just like yeah. this force to be feared, and the changing the palette just sort of re- represents, you know, the frenzy and it's like projecting what's going feeling. through his mind. Yeah, yeah. totally. I get yeah, that. Yeah, it's it it feels like a visual representation of how that moment would feel. Mm-hmm. I think it's really well done. Yeah, yeah, and they do it a little bit later, not to jump ahead with the uh, the fight between Bambi and the other exactly buck and uh so yeah i think that's a good point jeff i think that's something uh to this to this movie's merit that they they set out to do and i think they they did a good job mm-hmm. of kind of mixing it in and it doesn't feel out of place and honestly if you're not like appreciative and, and like paying attention you could almost kind of miss it mm-hmm. um, I, I think so yeah but yeah i agree i think they did a good job fit, like working it in to the point where it i don't know it, it, it works really well so mm-hmm some cool lighting kind of things where it's different lighting on, on like the top of their head and back mm-hmm. compared to like everything else. I don't know. It's just cool. It is. Um, I also like the, uh, the backdrops a lot. I know we talked about them earlier. Yeah. Kind of this, uh, blurry or smudge kind of thing. I don't know. It, it reminds me of like a painting you would see on like somebody's wall. Mm-hmm. But then like where you see like these like painted country sides and stuff. And yeah. And it, so it, it still makes me, it, I still feel like it's a real place because you're used to kind of seeing these like countryside painting type things. And so, I don't know, it, it just kind of fits really well. And then some things are b- better detailed than other things at times. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it would work totally instead of like zooming in on a book, um, like they had done in other ones, they could have zoomed in on a painting and then had the characters animate into the painting. Like yeah, it would have totally. worked for, for storytelling sake, but yeah, I totally agree. I love, love the backdrops in this movie. They are, so impressive and so impressionistic and so like they lack the detail but it shifts your eye to where you need to look and doesn't over stimulate i guess with like too much detail Mm -hmm. you know not that Mm -hmm. snow white was bad or pinocchio was bad but those you know those backgrounds were very detailed and um it's just it's nice to kind of have a a guided 
visual style. Yeah, totally. Next scene introduces fall. We get lots of leaves dropping all around. Um, so we get a little a little segment of, of fall. Um, then all of a sudden it's snowing. Um, and, you know, Bambi wakes up and there's snow on the ground. It seems like multiple months have passed, but yet Bambi doesn't appear to have grown at all. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of weird. I mean, obviously he does eventually grow up, but I mean, according to Jeff, we just went from what, yeah, spring so the, to... Yeah, it was spring and then the, the meadow was the summer. Um, and then they kind of just showed the leaves transitioning for fall. So yeah, it's been <laughs> whatever April to November is. Disney characters only grow once all at the same time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Silly me. <laughs> um, it's at this point, you know, he discovers snow for the first time. Uh, yeah. He meets up with his buddy Thumper and they go play on the ice. I love this so, scene growing up. Yeah, this is a good scene. It, they, they had some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. As I was watching it, it was reminding me. I've seen more recently like clips on YouTube of actual deer that somehow find their way onto like the ice mm-hmm. and they get and they get stuck out there. Yeah. Humans I've have to that, like go like, fire rescue teams out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like watching. I'm like, there's no way he's going to walk because I kept <laughs> thinking he was going to like figure it out. But he never really does. I no. mean, Thumper just kind of pushes him off. <laughs> and so I was, like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, they kept with the realism there. So, <laughs> um, and then at this point, they also, they discover Flower, who is hibernating and uh, put on a couple extra pounds and um, that whole thing. So, yeah, it's a good scene. It's it's a more iconic scene, I would say. And yeah, I think they did some cool things with like the legs crossing. You know, Bambi's legs getting crisscrossed, and Thumper trying to kind of fix them and stuff. Uh, it, it's a fun little scene. Yeah, totally. Um, let's see. Then they do a, kind of a winter montage where the deer are eating bark off trees, which is a real thing, mm-hmm. and uh, they keep eating the trees till. Basically, there's like no bark left, and uh, it's about this time B- Bambi is telling his mother that he's hungry. Uh, they haven't had anything for a while. Uh, when finally they they find a little bit of grass popping up out of the snow, and uh, winter is over. Yay! Yay! And so, as they're eating grass, mother hears something. Uh, she tells Bambi to run, and then they run off. And then uh, we hear gunshots. Bang. And uh, Bambi, you know, listening to his mother, continues to run, makes it all the way back to his home. But then he realizes that mother has not appeared. He can't find her anywhere. But instead he finds his father. And what does his father tell him? He says your mother's not coming back. Your mother is jerky. Your mother can't be with you anymore. This is like a grow up kid. Life sucks. Get a helmet. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... I think at one point they actually showed her dying and they changed it. Um, and they, I don't know, they move they move on very quickly. It jumps to the next yeah. scene rather quick. Um, it already is intensely sad. Really, mm. the only thing I could see them doing is him going to the mother's body and like trying to wake it up. Uh, Again, uh, like cough, Lion cough, King. Yeah. cough, cough, Lion King. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But no, early Disney was not so mean, and they're like, let's <laughs> no. just keep moving because we don't need to make everybody cry. Right. 
Although <laughs> at this point, everybody probably is. Yeah, right. But uh, no, I, I like that they snap to the gay little spring song. Literally yes. is what it's called. Um, <laughs> um, yes. But, you know, it, without letting the audience just sit there and mourn or, or adding in an extra scene where you just rip them to shreds because they're already sad. So right. kind of switch to an upbeat song right. with bright colors and chirpy birds and a good little catchy tune. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, sh- the whole scene worked fine on its own the way they had it. You know, the mom puts her ears up and she says run. And then it's, you know, it's just kind of over. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they did the scene before this where they got shot at. I don't know if that was them kind of preparing us for this. Yeah. Like, I, this is sure what, was. Yeah. this is what could happen. This is why you gotta be Everybody careful. Could, right um i don't know it's it's definitely an iconic scene it's been parodied many times um my question is why would anyone want to hunt deer in the dead of winter they're gonna be so scrawny is that a thing uh, i don't i don't really hunt but like is that a thing yeah i mean i've hunted in the winter they're actually easier to track because there's snow on the ground it's (laughs) really easy to find the trail but okay fair uh, enough i don't know I've never noticed that deer are more scrawny in the winter, but okay. I guess maybe if you lived somewhere where like their resources were really tapped, you would find that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Most deer that I've killed, they're never been like dying of like <laughs> malnourished or something, you know? Okay. So. Fair enough. Dave, any thoughts on uh, mama dying? Any, any, anything you think you want to add? Um, it's sad. <laughs> yes, it uh, is. De- definitely a dark turn for a, you know a Disney yeah. movie, and kind of and th- set the precedent for killing off parental characters in future Disney movies. I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't yeah. find I couldn't find anything about it, but I'm sure uh, a lot of hunters were not very happy with this movie after this <laughs> came out. Probably not. Uh, I don't know if there was like a bigger movement. The NRA was probably like, no. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, as quickly as mom dies, uh, it's spring now. Yay, everyone's happy. There's birds chirping, and we get a song titled Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song. Um, (laughs) So, happy. This is kind of like the big turning point where some things are different, things have changed, hibernations are over. Uh, it brings us back to, I call him Owl. I think he has a different name, but uh, oh, yeah, I just always call him Friend Owl. Friend Owl, that's it. Yes, Friend Owl uh, wakes up, and uh, we we see him earlier. He's kind of a creepy looking dude. Yeah, um, I mean he's an owl. <laughs> yes, that's yes, true. Is. I've never seen like any animation of an owl that wasn't at least a little bit creepy. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, owl tells everyone to shut up. Uh, he's still trying to sleep, but you know, everybody, you know, we're singing a gay little song, spring song. So, That's right. Um, we finally get to see Bambi. We find that he has finally decided to grow up. Yeah, and, real quick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. How about those steroids? That's right. So he's he's bigger now. He has his own rack, and he has a lower voice. Mm. We moved on to new she voice casting. Bambi. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, we, we see Thumper, who also has gotten a lower voice, as well as some facial hair. <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden, Flower shows up, and we realize that Flower is a guy. What? Which, even <laughs> when I watched it this week, threw me for a loop. Every I was time. Like, <laughs> 
Like, wait a minute, back up. Because I'm pretty sure that Flower was blushing and Bambi was, like, complimenting. Yeah, they were almost flirting. Right, and then... You can call me Flower if you want to. Oh, gosh. Like, that... Like, (laughs) what are we... But it's a dude? (laughs) Ah, so many questions. Uh, Yeah. Maybe they were exploring, you know, radical equality back then and they just didn't realize it yeah see i think they started out one way and then when they got to the what is it twitter pitter i think they Mm -hmm. were like oh we should just pretend that flower's been a guy this entire time (laughs) that's my theory but i don't know if i don't know i have no idea um yes so flower is now a guy and has a low voice um they're all you know reuniting it's at this point that friend owl comes down and teaches the boys uh, about girls and sexual attraction Ooh. also known as twitter pitter twitter pated uh, twitter pated twitter i said it wrong <laughs> same thing twitter pitter is a- when donald trump is on a never mind neither <laughs> of these words are a real thing twitter pitter or twitter pater so if they can make it up i can uh. anyway right. one by one uh so they're like we we don't need girls. They all get Twitter pated. Well, what's the matter with them? Why are they acting that way? <laughs> Why, don't you know? They're Twitter pated. Twitter pated? Yes. Nearly everybody gets Twitter pated in the springtime. Uh, they get picked right. off by the ladies. <laughs> Sniped. Um, yep. And, uh,. At this point, Bambi uh, meets up with his old girl, his old cousin, and uh, they're kind of hitting it off when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, left field, this ugly, mean deer shows up and is like, hey, I want this girl. And so uh, him and Bambi commence to do a fight. Yeah. It's real intense. Another good scene that we talked about with the lightning. Yes. And uh, I'm sure you guys noticed this, but there's different colors depending on whether or not Bambi is doing good or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the, he's doing bad, it's... Reds. Yeah, you get your blues, but then when he's doing well, it's more red and stuff. And uh, Pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. It, was a, it was a fun little thing. I guess made it feel a little more intense. And, and, and Yeah, cool. I liked it. It was yeah. a good sequence. Um, let's see. Bambi wins because obviously this movie is entitled Mean Ugly Deer Guy. Right. Uh, they then leave, and we are given the I Bring You a Song, which is the next song that plays. They're very... The titles of these songs are... All of them have, like, the word song in them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is essentially what their courtship song, yeah? Right. So there's uh, some implied romance that happens off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point... David, you know what that means, right? Implied romance... Reindeer love. That's right. <laughs> David's convinced that all deer are reindeer, by the way. <laughs> Clearly. Well, he did fly there for a second, right? Right before he was walking on air. I don't know the, I don't know the difference. <laughs> oh, was that the sequence where they're... Is that where the sequence was where they were up in the clouds and stuff? It was, yeah, right before the fight when Owl was describing Twitter patient and uh, when he first sees Felina or whatever. And then the dude brings him out of that. I think he's like right. in the clouds when the dude like locks in or something. <sighs> Yeah, see, I skipped that part because it was stupid. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, but really, that part is... Yeah, he's right there. 
that part with the clouds is really the only like non-real part of this movie. Yeah, it's kind of the only. I don't know if you want to call it fantasy. But it's, yeah, it's a daydream. Yeah, it's you're up in his up in up in his mind. Wow, I can't talk. Um, Which you like, could argue, like Dave was saying, like they kind of project what the deer's feeling. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. No, I thought it, it was way out of left field and felt <laughs> out of place. Fair enough. I think, I think mean, ugly deer guy showing up was less out of left field than the uh, cloud sequence, but that's just me. Fair I mean, enough. It was, so, it was so unimpactful, I didn't even write it in the notes here. So. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Maybe um, that's your fault for not understanding it's genius. Yes. <laughs> shame on me. <laughs> um, so the next day, Bambi wakes up after a night of... Um, romance and uh, he's alerted by something but we're not really sure what's going on then yeah. he realizes that man has returned he goes to the top of this hill and he looks down and sees you know a campsite with a you know fire and tents and all that stuff um, then randomly his dad shows up and he's like we got to get out of here like I've lived this long I can't die now and so they his dad takes off and Bambi's like I gotta go back and get my girl so he chases after her or goes back and of course, she wakes up just in time to leave uh, for him to return and her not be there. Um, you know, one of those movie timing things. And, uh, whoa. So then at that point, uh, everybody's kind of freaking out. And, uh, wow, you really threw me off there. <laughs> um, it's okay. Um, all She takes off. All the animals are hiding. Oh, this is that really intense part. Uh, all the animals hide, some panic, and run off and get shot into pieces. This scene... I feel like is way more intense than the mom getting shot scene. Mm, you know what yeah. I'm talking about with the quail where she's like, I can't stay here. Oh, I gotta man. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the dude, pheasant. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that's no, so that was dark. really stressful and really, yeah, it was yeah. Really, really dark. Yeah, like, my wife was watching that part down. and she goes, oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ridiculous. It's like, holy cow. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Um, and then all of a sudden the dogs show up, the hunting dogs, uh, which is another way for uh, Disney to create Shame threats. Hunters. Well, I was going to say create threatening situations with the hunters without actually showing them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, I guess shame hunters. Why not? Um, <laughs> they chase her. Um, she gets cornered on a convenient rock side. Uh, where she can't be reached. Finally, Bambi shows up and apparently has the ability to fight off an entire gang of dogs. Like trained hunting um, dogs, yeah. Yes, he's, he's able to like take a whole group of them. I could maybe like take him like taking two three or something. Yeah. Two, but three, yeah. Whole group that that's a lot. Because there's like um, ten or fifteen dogs here. Like, yeah, and they're like pissed off. They're not <laughs> yeah. happy dogs. Um, so then eventually she gets away. And then he runs up the hill and turns around and murders the dogs with some rocks. Uh, it's at this point then that Bambi goes for like a jump and he is shot, wounded, Bang. boom in the like, air, like coming to the ground. To credits. Wow. As Bambi yeah, no, bleeds out, the credits roll. <laughs> it's crazy that they actually show him getting shot. Like this is a G-rated yeah. movie. Yeah, it's true. About somehow that. I don't know how this movie's rated G. It's it's <laughs> it wouldn't be today. It would definitely be PG. Yeah. Right. Definitely, if, if not PG-13. Because, like, Frozen is PG, and Frozen is way less violent than this movie. I have yeah. no idea why Frozen's even PG. Because a girl gets just, stabbed with ice. I don't know. There's violence. Mm. And, yeah. I, I feel like it's more marketing at this point. Like, no one wants to make a G-rated film, just because... 
It's just harder to get to two year olds. But <laughs> that's neither this nor that. This movie is is definitely uh, yeah. got some dark <laughs> material to it. Yeah, um, it's intense. And then his dad comes and is like, "Get up! Don't be a wimp. Be a man." His dad's I've been lifting worst. weights all day. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes around, knocks up, uh, knocks up dose, and then doesn't pay his child support, and then <laughs> be a jerk to all his kids. Yeah, but he's he's conveniently there when he needs to be, though. I'll give him that. Yeah, at least he, <laughs> he shows up when he's needed. Yes. Um, super side tangent, real quick. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you guys are aware of this, but there is a I don't even know how to pronounce it. Mid midquel midquel. Uh, a mid sequel to mm. uh, Bambi, Bambi Two. It's not oh, real. you're right because it's still young. Yeah, and uh, I guess I, I haven't seen it, but I read. I haven't that either. It's about him and his dad, and his dad like trying to raise him. I guess. Oh, after he's orphaned. Right. For those like um, two more months of winter before he. I guess. I don't like, believe that, that doesn't make any happened. sense. <laughs> That's not canon to you. Totally but just all the VHS mid sequels, like the whole Beauty and the Beast Christmas, like mm. somehow. Takes place, it's like two weeks long, but her entire entrapment is less than a week. <sighs> Good old Disney, you know, just trying to squeeze whatever they can get wherever the Eisner they can era. put it. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Toon Studios movies don't count. They're not. They like, should I, never. I refuse no. to believe them that they no, exist. They're, they're so poorly conceived. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I, I like actually Return of Jafar. And I, think I was about to say the, the, the Aladdin like. ones were okay. Yeah. And, I actually started it. watching Return of Jafar the other day, and then I was like, Ooh. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I haven't seen it since it came out. I, I honestly bet you it's terrible. I'm just remembering wrong. <laughs> I still hey. love it, but oh my gosh, I watched it, and I got into the Iago song at the beginning, and oh, I was like, ooh, yeah. it's not <laughs> it's not good. But then the third one, I think, kind of redeems it a little yeah, bit. Agreed. But <laughs> With Robin Williams back, it helped a lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> Tangent so, over? Yeah, yeah. Let's get back yeah. to the thrilling conclusion. <laughs> No, but last thing about Bambi 2, uh, I read <laughs> something that that sequel, the span between the first one and that, at, at the time, I don't know if it still holds the record, was like one of the records for the longest gaps between like an intellectual mm. property having like a sequel or a continuation of it. <laughs> Interesting. I thought, I thought that was yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. So it's at this point after Bambi gets shot and the dad shows up that we see um, that stupid man forgot to put out his campfire oh, geez. And, and it starts to spread fire everywhere mm. um, Bambi wakes up to a, his father yelling at him to get up somehow he does and is still able to run uh, fire bad deer good in mm. case you're, you're not tracking um, lots <laughs> of deer ev- or lots of fire everywhere um, <laughs> all of a sudden it's just surrounded them it's not just coming from one you know direction right um, but who am I to say how forest fires work? That's right. Uh, and then uh, kind of the big final thing of this fire sequence is they, they jump down a wa- waterfall and uh, survive. And Bambi finally is reunited with Faleen. Yay. It's a cool sequence, the fire thing. I think uh, overall it's, it's a pretty cool... I, I definitely remember that scene more than a lot of the other scenes in this. Yeah, that's a good conclusion and, and final uh, obstacle. So, Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it, how else do you like make a, a good finale with man? I feel like right. fire that, is kind Short of, of him like fighting the, 
<laughs> the men at the camp, like, right. going back for revenge on his mother. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little Anakin Skywalker <laughs> sideline. Suddenly turns into Rambo. <laughs> Bambo. First blood. Bambo. <laughs> Bambo. I don't know. The whole name Bambi, it, just the fact that it has the word Bam in it and his mom gets shot, just always felt like... <laughs> I know that. I know that's not why they named him that. It's, it's off Bambino, but it's just, I don't know. I thought, I was just like, Bambi! <laughs> Never well, think of it the same again. You're welcome. Thanks for ruining it forever. <laughs> I will say, if there's one thing animators could animate well, it was flames. Yeah, uh, that's impressive. I know they hard. struggled with... With like fl- like snowflakes and stuff, but mm-hmm. they did a good job with flames. Yeah, um, and water, I guess. But yeah, um, probably my favorite shot of this entire movie is the shot right <laughs> after they jump into. Your favorite the... shot isn't Bambi's mom. Hey, oh, <laughs> I would if she was on the dinner table. <laughs> Am I right? Um, <laughs> No, there's like a shot where it's like a far off shot where the forest is on fire. There's yeah. water below. It's kind of like, and then it, I think it eventually kind of changes to them, you know, resurfacing further away. But yeah, uh, it's just a really beautiful shot of mm-hmm. like forest and water and, and steam and flames. It's just a really cool shot. Yeah, so, agreed. But kind of dark at the same time, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, um,. I guess everybody survives and they, uh, you know, made it. So then the final scene, we come back and everyone is is rushing off. Uh, Once again, something exciting is happening. Everyone needs to go. Uh, We find out that Flower has named one of his children Bambi for some reason. (laughs) Um, And uh, because they used to have a thing, I guess. And uh, (laughs) then we see Faelene, who has had two twin deer. Two of them. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, I don't believe I've ever seen a more likely-looking pair of form. French Bambi ought to be mighty proud. Um, but, of course, Bambi is not present for the birth, but off hanging out with his father, watching from afar. The end. The end. I love that Bambi just turns into a jerk distant father just like his father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. No, it's a Bambi weird... 2 was about their kids. Is it is it really about Bambi and his dad? That's what I read, yes. Okay. Wow, I gotta watch that at some point. I'd be curious. Yeah. Wasn't that one of the few sequels ever to be shown in theaters? I thought it was Bambi 2 and Return to Neverland, like the only oh, two. Oh, was it really? I don't know. Or, or maybe I'm thinking about the jungle book too. Oh god! I hope I'm sad to know that any of them did. Yeah, a couple of them did. I think that okay. I think Jungle Book two got thrown in theaters, and then Bambi two got shown in theaters, maybe overseas. Terrible, terrible choices. Yeah, a couple of them did actually get theatrical releases limited. But Um, it looks like Bambi two initially premiered in theaters in Argentina, (laughs) but I don't I don't know if it got shown. Está bien. Elsewhere. Um, hmm. But let's see. The film ma- mainly takes place after the scene in the original Bambi film where Bambi's mother dies and oh, before okay. the scene wherein Bambi is shown as a young adult buck. The <laughs> film is mainly about the great prince of the forest 
which is his dad, who has taken care of Bambi after his mother's killed. The rest of the film mainly focuses on Bambi's efforts to learn to earn his father's love for him. It was first titled Bambi and the Great Prince, but renamed uh, Bambi and the Great Bambi Prince two. of the Forest, and then later Bambi Two. So I would never watch that probably. Yeah, I, I would don't really want to. Out of curiosity, I will for yeah, totally for Disney fan sake, but yeah, otherwise I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The whole the whole father relationship doesn't translate well uh, because we as humans, that's like a frowned upon thing. But for animals, it's such like a normal thing. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird emotion, though, because you never feel animosity from the mom or Bambi that his dad isn't around. And she like speaks really highly of him. But mm-hmm. it just it just feels weird. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, they're, they're humanizing <coughs> them too much. They're, I mean, they're basically human minds and animal bodies so to apply those sort of strange animal behaviors to what are essentially people in animal bodies it just seems really <laughs> disturbing yeah. yeah but but you, you never see thumper's dad or anything either that's so. true yeah he, but his dad has always got sayings what did your father right. say so he's that's there right. he's that's at home true. he just doesn't go out fair point right he probably just sits on the couch and Watches, who knows? <laughs> Watch yes. watching rabbit football. <laughs> watching bunnies. Watching bunnies. Yep. Probably beats his wife. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he has good morals. Eat your vegetables. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Green's a special you treat. See, I mean, you never hear him say it, so it could be in like a really just mean, overbearing <laughs> voice. And Humper, he, what like, does your be- father say? Eating green's a special treat. <laughs> and then he like smacks him across the face. <laughs> Jeez, Dave. <laughs> All right, Dave. I like where you're taking this show. This is good stuff. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's New fanfic hour. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, to, so that is the end of the movie. Uh, at this point, we are going to rate these out of ten. Uh, but before you do such a thing, uh, give give us and the listeners your final thoughts overall. What do you think? Uh, about this movie and why you're rating it the way that you are. So we're going to go in order here of uh, Dave, Jeff, and then me. So Dave, take it away. Um, I'm giving this film an 8. I would give it an 8.5 if I was allowed because I do think it's it's not quite a 9 for me because I do think the pacing is is a bit much <laughs> and it, it does drag in places um but it is also just a fantastic piece of art that will probably never ever see the likes of again the peak of golden age animation with again with all the sort of technology at its peak before the war began and unfortunately you know things never really got that way Again, we also see artistic storytelling, um, start to see the animation become more of an an expressionist art form rather than just like people laughing at silly pictures moving. And it is sort of, I guess, makes animation be taken seriously. And it will just, and it is, as I said, very adult. And unlike every other Golden Age film, it, it doesn't really have any weird negative messaging outside of the weird distant father stuff we talked about I guess and it's it's I don't know dude I just really like it it's it's hard it's hard it's hard to 
recommend it in some ways because it's you know it's not it's not a movie you're gonna watch all the time or want to watch all the time because how slow and dark it is but it is a fantastic work of art and if you care about disney animation and film you should watch it that's all i got okay jeff what about you yeah i might echo a lot of that but basically you know it, it is an artistic masterpiece i think the technical achievements as far as the character animation the realism uh is really good um i'll give my rating at the end but uh it's it's got a lot going for it in terms of art direction and even like the storytelling the slice of life of it is uh a different approach for them at the time and it was i think mostly successful like as a kid i don't think it's a great kids movie because it's it's weird to say this but the pacing as a kids movie is awful but the pacing as like a full-grown adult is really not that bad It, it moves along pretty quickly um which it feels like it lags at some points maybe just some of the musical interludes where not a lot's happening on screen um but overall you know solid story kind of the struggles of life and growing up and how hard it can be as in the animal kingdom or whatever um the little dash of don't be irresponsible with your campfire um the father figure thing i don't really find too much issue with because he is there he's just not present as in a household because that's how deer are i guess um it's usually just a, a mother and her fawn uh in nature but anyway other than that i i do enjoy it now more so than i ever did as a kid and i would give it an eight as well wow okay that's awesome good stuff all right well <laughs> i've jotted down a couple thoughts here um so the music in this movie is just okay. Uh, nothing. I think one song maybe stands out from the others, but really overall, uh, nothing to write home about. Nothing I really remember outside of maybe the April showers thing. Uh, the animation and art direction in this movie are really, really good. I think they did a great job. Uh, I think it shows that they took their time and, and were very diligent on how they did with that. Uh, that being said, this quality animation and art style do not make up for the fact that the characters themselves are a bit shallow and maybe just not explored well enough. I feel like, I feel like this whole like life story coming of age or whatever you want to call it, um, with Bambi. I don't know. I just, I don't see a lot of character development. So I just feel like, like I said earlier, I wish we, we got to know more about Thumper and, and them. I would rather have seen some kind of, um, you know, adventure with the three of them going off and, and becoming friends and learning life lessons. But instead we really just saw kind of uh, Bambi kind of get thrown around and, and having, and I get that that's not the purpose. This isn't a buddy comedy adventure or something. It, it's about, you know, somebody growing up and, and experiencing the seasons and life and, uh, and death and everything. And so um, I get what they're going for, but it just doesn't work for me, which ends up be just trans transferring to becoming boring to me uh it was boring as a kid i still find it boring i know a lot of people do um it's kind of like what it's known for uh it's it's not bad by any means but i just think the the technical achievements that they have with the animation don't 
outweigh how bad I feel like the pacing and story is of it. And so just, I mean, I wanted to think better of it than what I remember from watching as a kid, but I I don't really feel like my most recent viewing changed my thoughts on it a whole lot. Um, I did appreciate how faithful they are to like what it's like to be a deer and like uh, all that stuff. Like I felt like they did a good job with that, but uh, at the end I did not enjoy this and uh, would probably recommend this one the least out of all of the golden arrow ones. Wow. Um, except for maybe Fantasia, except for maybe Fantasia because I don't, I know that's not for everybody, but um, I don't know. Just, it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I didn't like this one. So I'm going to give it a four out of 10. Dang. Boom. Savage. I would have shot Bambi's mom too. If I had had the chance. <laughs> Boom! Mic drop. All right. Yeah, so, real um, qu- yeah. Please be sure to find Clay on Twitter to send your hate messages to. <laughs> just, no. just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we close out here, um, as I've mentioned multiple times, this is the last film of the golden era, unless you're dumb and think it the golden era continues on further um and so uh starting with next episode will be the wartime era so to wrap things up here we we had talked uh, in previous episodes about doing this but we're gonna go uh we're gonna go through and go jeff dave me with uh your favorite film of the golden era so that includes snow white pinocchio fantasia dumbo and bambi so feel free to give us your pick and maybe why uh reasons you like that one more than others however you want to go into it jeff go ahead and take it away yeah so as you kind of assigned this to us i was thinking back through it and like all the stuff we went through and how we dissected each movie and it was like i really couldn't say snow white like it was cool and it was an achievement and all that but it just had awful messaging and pretty shallow characters um so then i was like okay pinocchio's got a great story it's pretty deep and thorough whatever but i just pinocchio's a little moron who just doesn't take a hint and i couldn't possibly pick that one fantasia's great as like a musical experiment and experience uh it's it was a cool idea but it just it doesn't have a plot um, and each segment is, is good on of its own, but some of them are a little long and boring. Uh, so I wouldn't really pick Fantasia. <clears throat> it's just a little too long, a little too unorganized. Uh, Dumbo, on the flip side, just too short and too simplistic. It's got some great moments and some great songs, but ultimately uh, there's just not a lot to it. It's just like, here's an elephant. He gets made fun of. He accidentally gets drunk and learns he can fly. The end. Uh, <laughs> so... Couldn't pick that one. So that's when I was like, well, Bambi's got a decent story. Clay, you're, you're, you're definitely right that the characters are not developed enough. Like Bambi is the closest one to being developed. And even he's not that multidimensional, but right. overall versus all the other ones, he's like leaps and bounds ahead. So yeah. uh, between that, the incredible art direction and um, what I think is decent pacing uh, makes Bambi my favorite of the golden era noise yep dave and i'm, I'm probably gonna e- echo pretty much exactly what jeff said for the <laughs> most part yeah it, bambi's absolutely the best of, of of the golden era to me it's not even like a, i mean i don't to me it's like there's a, the gap between bambi and the other movies is fairly wide maybe fantasia but definitely be my second my second pick i feel like fantasia and bambi are the only ones of these that sort of are artistic 
and well-made movies. <laughs> um, Pinocchio, I give it props for its technical achievement, but I find a lot of the story elements and characters super irritating. <laughs> um, Snow White's just, yeah, not a good movie. <laughs> Animation's cool, not a good movie. Dumbo, like, in the the whole structure and writing of the movie makes zero sense. The entire thing. The, the, the main plot of the movie was wrapped up in, like, less than 15 minutes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really a good film, other than the animation, which even that isn't even as good as the others. So Bambi doesn't really have any flaws. It doesn't have bad messaging. The characters, I mean, you just said, yeah, they're not the best characters in the world, but for a 1940s movie, it's it's not bad. I I guess maybe I'm putting it you know put the time in context a little bit and pacing is a little slow in places but it's never annoyingly so and it feels structured much more like you would expect a traditional story to be structured there's no really really weird story structure or movie structure It, it it feels like a template that could be was used and moved forward to tell stories and yeah and it's great artistic animations some of the best the studios ever produced and you should see it thank you cool all right that's two for bambi all right so here's my thought process through this um bambi is just not an option so just already like take that off the list uh i agree with jeff fantasia is just I, I don't think it's fair to compare it against these other movies because it's kind of in a, a league of its own. You know, it's just, it's not a, a storytelling type movie. It's more of an experience. So I just take that off. Um, Snow White really doesn't pick up until the dwarves show up. Uh, it does have some good music in it. Um, not not bad. I mean, I'd pick it over Bambi, but still just not as as quality overall. So that basically leaves Pinocchio and Dumbo for me. Um, Dumbo, uh, I, I, I scored Dumbo pretty low uh, compared to Pinocchio. Um, I would definitely pick Dumbo over Bambi if I had to pick. I don't know. I, I said that I felt like the, the plot was so like non-existent in Dumbo like I felt like it was just like the next thing was like barely you know recognizable like all right what's going on in this scene but oh my gosh until we hit Bambi then all of a sudden I was like wow Dumbo looks like in a completely different league like I can't believe I even complained about you know how either just badly paced or like the whole point of what was happening I don't know I felt like Dumbo had way more direction than Bambi ended up having after comparing the two um but ultimately my favorite of these I pick Pinocchio actually um Hmm. there are things about that movie that I don't like I don't like the fact that literally all the villains get away and nothing ever happens bad to them um I really wish they could have figured that out there's a couple pacing things where I felt like they could have changed the way different parts worked where it would have flowed a little bit better um but overall the music in pinocchio is so good i think they have great characters in that movie that are way better characters than pretty much everything else in in, on this list um yeah and just if i had to sit down and pick one of these movies i would probably pick pinocchio so i'm gonna put that as my as my favorite of the golden era fair enough it's a good choice thank you Sorry, I don't like uh, Bambi as much, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just, I don't know. I just didn't really. It didn't 
blow me away as much as I was hoping it would. As much as Bambi's mom. That's right. Wow. I'm just going to keep those coming. Just dead Bambi mom jokes. (laughs) That's right. Kept waiting for her to show up in Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, oh, (laughs) and then she got killed off. Oh, that never happened. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's that's plenty. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, We'll go ahead and close it out here, guys. Thanks so much if you made it this far in the episode. Thanks for (laughs) sticking with us. We had a great time doing this. Jeff and Dave, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to watch it and uh, give us your thoughts. We appreciate it. Yeah, cheers. Yep. Um, good night. Yeah, man. It's going to be good. Next month, uh, we are going to be entering the wartime era, the era I'm looking forward to the least. <laughs> um, uh, for those of you who know about the wartime era, there's a lot of, uh, what would you call them, Jeff? Uh, package films. Yes, package films. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to try to like <laughs> speed up this process a little bit. <laughs> and so we're going to be combining uh, basically two films per episode. And so um, we've mostly got it figured out. But really all you need to know is next month we're going to be taking a look at Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros. Uh, and, uh, we're going to do a really we'll we'll do a quicker job getting through them than, than like what we did today um <laughs> yeah, there's so no that substance. Can, yeah there's there's not a lot so we'll just we'll very briefly hit on the plot points and and our thoughts and and uh move along but i'm excited for the ca- three caballeros because i actually owned that movie as a kid and yeah i didn't watch it a super ton but we did watch it on occasion and uh, i remember really liking the animated stuff in it and dave i know you're really excited about those two movies yeah, because I haven't. I, I actually just I, I kind of cheated and, and watched them because I just purchased them on Blu-ray off of eBay. They're like possible to buy retail in, in uh, on Blu-ray, so I had to get them from eBay. And I, I watched both of them because I was really excited because I'd never seen. I don't think I'd ever seen them all in their entirety. I've just seen them like chopped up in pieces on the Disney Channel as a kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm kind of excited to sort of talk about them as like a first-time viewer. Cool, cool sort of. Nice. <laughs> Well, with first Saludos. time relative because I said I mean, I've seen that penguin short probably like two thousand times. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh <No> Pablo. <laughs> yeah, and I've never seen Saludos Amigos, so uh, I'll be a noob on that one too. Oh boy. <laughs> but, but anyways, look forward to that. I don't know when we're going to record that next, but we're going to try to make sure we we stick with the schedule here moving forward. So, uh, hopefully, we can bring that to you guys. Right, Sweet. dudes. That's right. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Make sure to check out our other episodes of uh, Mouse Bites. Uh, me and Jeff just did an episode recently uh, about Mickey Mouse and the uh, Magical Mirror for the GameCube. And uh, it's about as good a game as Bambi is a movie. So, uh, no. Shots fired. <laughs> that's, that's not fair. That's not so fair. you're saying I should try it because it's good? <laughs> Clay's lying. Yes, Dave, that's what I'm saying. You should totally play that <laughs> Go game. play it through. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. We're here to talk about Bambi, the re-release of Bambi. I understand it took you seven years to develop and produce Bambi. Uh, what did you uh, see in the Bambi project to carry it through those uh, seven years? Uh, how come it took so long? Well, actually, it was a 
change of pace for us from what we'd been doing, uh, Snow White, uh, Pinocchio, and the others uh, were more the obvious cartoon type of characters. But uh, with Bambi, there was a need for a subtlety in our, uh, in our animation, a need for more of a lifelike uh, type of animation. And, uh, well, there was a certain awe and respect we had of this classic of Bambi that I decided that, uh, well, number one, I'd have to put my artist back in school to learn something that uh, is, uh, well, is something you don't get in the, in the, the formal art education. And that is, you get human anatomy. And uh, this was animal anatomy, and beyond that, animal locomotion, you know, movement and things. So I, um, I put him into school and had my artist specially trained for this one picture. Now, when I finally went into production, I just couldn't put every artist I had on it. So I had to take a select team, and that cut the size of the, of the staff down to a point that it took longer. But I think the end result uh, was worth that, because in studying the animals, we brought deer in, brought them into the art classes, and, and let them munch hay and things to keep them quiet, and the artists were drawing the, uh, the animals. But that wasn't enough. We had to see them more uh, as they actually uh, behaved in nature. And I found a, a naturalist photographer that uh, had done some beautiful work out in the, in the open country, and I uh, made a deal with him to go and cover the, the, the action of these animals as they actually uh, lived their life. And he went into the main country. He went into different uh, parts of the country where he could find the animals and photographed them for me. And he caught them uh, just living their life as nature intended. You know, I counted them, and there are only 950 words of dialogue in Bambi. Uh, why so few words in a feature motion picture? Well, we thought we got a little gabby with it, to be frank. I mean, uh, we, were, uh, we were striving for fewer words to begin with because we wanted the action and the music uh, to carry it, more or less. And uh, we finally ended up with uh, 200 more words than we thought we would, when we first started out, that we wanted to have in it. Isn't there a little bit of... Uh Bambi and Walt Disney, or for that matter, in, in everything you try to do? Well, I don't know. I never thought of myself that way. I mean, uh, I don't know who I'd be, Thumper or Flower or what, you know, but, uh, but uh, I think the thing might be that I, I'm, I'm a lover of nature. In fact, I, I respect nature very much, and uh, I feel that uh, through watching, observing uh, the, the uh, habits of the creatures of nature, Man could learn a lot. 